prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. So they were in custody for a while. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream. Both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. But remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word. We ask you to give us the revelation, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge so that we could apply it in our lives. We bless your word. And the church of God says, Amen. you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, stop cutting corners. Stop cutting corners. Stop cheating yourself. Go through the process. What process? The process of life. Amen. Many of us are here today and we have no idea that this is the greatest investment that we have made to come to church. Church serves in every aspect and every corner of life. Believe me when I tell you this. But many of us at times forget that. That's why it's very important that you understand that every time you come to church, you're going to receive an impartation from God. And in return, that impartation is going to serve you in your life. Amen. So if you see someone that's that's here, they were destined to be here. If you don't see them here, they were not destined to be here. So that means the message is for you. So don't take this message and go beat up your family when you get home. Pastor was talking about you. Oh, you should have been there. Oh, he was going to scrape the juice out of you. No, he was scraping the juice out of you. Amen. God is good. You can never face the world until you face yourself. Many of us are cheating ourselves out of the process of life, not understanding that the process serves a purpose. The more we go through, the more we grow, the more we learn, the more we experience, the more we mature. But many of us have gifts and talents given by God that override our character. And today we're going to talk about character because we want to define what character means by the Bible. 
because many of you are just getting by with your gifts and talents. But your gifts and talents will keep you in the same house of bondage that you're currently in. But when you know who you are, your character is going to help you get out of that house because it will give you the keys that you need. Now, how do you define character? Hmm. We're going to know that today. So look at your neighbor and say, hey, get ready. Because this word is for us. Because we're here. We look at verse 14 and we see that Joseph had interpreted the dream to the butler, the cupbearer of the most powerful man on the universe at that time, which it was Pharaoh. And God gifted Joseph with a gift and that gift was to interpret dreams and visions. At this point in Joseph's life, he's in jail because he was falsely accused of something. So he's in jail. But he's desperate because he's not used to being in jail. He's used to serving out in the vineyards, being a leader. But God allowed him to go through a situation to chisel his character and to make him the man that he called him and predestined him for. But Joseph tried to do what many of us try to do. We try to lure our way out of things. We try to snake our way out of things. We try to talk our way out of things. We, we, we like to put up excuses. But at this point, God had closed every door. Even the ears of the butler. Why is God closing doors in your life in this period in time? I can honestly say that God is closing doors for your own good. You just don't know it. You're trying to force things right now. And God is saying only if you had an idea that you were being set up by yourself to fail. But because I love you so much, I'm going to save you from you. I'm going to save you from your own ignorance. I'm going to save you from your own insecurities. Stop running, Jonah. Many of you come to church running. Oh man, I'm just here because I want to get this over with. And then we embrace Monday the same way we left it on Saturday. And God is saying, that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm a God of order. And the people that I have called have purpose and destiny in life. So today you're going to learn what is your true character through biblical principles. Now, I'm not saying that you're Joseph. And never compare yourself to someone in the Bible. Why? Because these were humans who went through something. You are you. But we can learn from them. So never go around saying, oh, I'm just, I'm just like Joseph. I'm just dreaming. No, no, no. First of all, Joseph was sold by his own brothers. None of you have been sold by your own brothers. Just because they unfriend you on Facebook doesn't mean they sold you out. Just because they don't pick up your calls doesn't mean they sold you out. It's they don't like you right now. They don't like you because you can't provide for them what they want from you. Embrace the process. Amen? So, Joseph uses his gift as leverage. And he says to the cupbearer, the butler, he says, hey, when you're in the presence of Pharaoh, remember me. He had no idea that the butler had a drinking problem. And the moment he took a sip of that wine, he forgot. You know what I'm talking about. Remember when you used to go out clubbing? 
and you used to have a few drinks, you used to tear up the dance floor. And then the next day waking up, that was me? Yeah, that was you. That was the real you. You were not under the influence. You were under you. That's who you really are. I didn't know he can do that. I didn't know she can do that. Give them a few drinks. They'll start talking. You remember those days, Apostle? Amen. Thank God for someone being sincere and true in the house of God. Amen. Because we've all been holy. We've never been drunk. We've never been plastered. None of us, right? We've always been, we've been saying sanctify, right? Amen. Stop lying to yourself. Amen. So he uses the leverage of his gift. And this is something that you need to understand. When your gift, its value greater than your character, it will always compromise and corrupt your future. Never sell yourself because of your gifts. Be a person of character. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. At this point in my life, people know where I stand. Amen. They know what I like and what I don't like. Especially if, if, if you're part of me. Amen. The sad thing is that many of you don't know what you want in life and you don't know who you are. So everything around life offends you. Instead of you embracing those offenses and knowing that those are classes, those are lessons that serve a purpose. Amen. You know who you are when you stand by what you stand. Amen. It's no secret that I'm not a Patriot fan. It's no secret that the fans are hiding in this season. Jobari, remove your hoodie. It's no secret. It's no secret that I like the things that I like. But it took years for me to become that man that God called me to be. You see, when you are a man of God, you are an open letter. What you see is what you get. I hate it when people go around. Everyone knows how you don't like a certain thing except the person that needs to know that. I don't want to offend them, but you, but you are definitely creating a toxic vision of the person by sharing it with others that shouldn't know about that, but the person that should know about that. Character will always override your gifts and your talents. Character is the principle that stands before your gifts and your talents. That you're not sold with your gifts and your talents. That you don't use your gifts and your talents for your advantage. Amen. Many people today are in the kingdom of God in church using their gifts and their talents to take to as leverage and to take advantage of others. Shame on you because God will call you on that. Be a person of character. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, it tells the story how God created us. And in order for us to understand what character is about, we must know our identity. So according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, if you could go there quickly with me. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. First you got to know where you came from before you know who you are. Amen to that. Genesis chapter 1 
Verse 27 says, and God created man in his own image. In his image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That's where we receive our identity from. Okay? God created them. And them gave birth to us. Amen? If we base our philosophy on scriptures, we will know who we are. If we base our philosophy on people that don't know who they are, we will be a project of that mess. That's why today you see everything that's taking place and no one knows where they're coming from or where they're going. You could be subject to that if you yourself as an individual don't recognize who God created you to be. So we receive our identity in Genesis chapter 1 verse 20 uh, verse 27. He created us in our image and he also blessed us. In other words, he blessed Adam and Eve and he told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion over it. In other words, we receive our DNA in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 through 28. If you are a born again Christian, you know that you were created by God, not by evolution. I do not look like a monkey. I do not like being in the jungle, running around in short little underwears, having leeches and all these things bothering me. No, I will not go there. I was made in his image and in his likeness, meaning that I will behave like a human being. You see many individuals today, "Ah, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. I hope you don't find that out in your deathbed. Get it now while you can. Amen. Our image is referred by scripture as the qualities of reasoning, personality, and intellect. It's also the ability to relate, to hear, to see, to speak. These are all the characteristics of God. That's not character. That's identity. So many people know who they are. But they have no character. Big difference. And when you don't have character. That is the missing link. The missing piece in your life. Because character fulfills everything. That God created you to be. But if you only know who you are. Like, like our children. They know their parents when they're broke. Millenniums are moving back home. Did you read the newspaper? Did you see it on Yahoo News? Why? Because they went out there with an identity. I'm going to move to Los Angeles, California. I'm going to move to Houston. And then when everything stopped, they came to themselves and said, I have free cable at home. I had Netflix at home. I had Hulu. I had free internet. I had free breakfast. Those are the millenniums. Why? Because Generation X did not set them up for reality. You see how another generation curses another generation's behavior? Where are my old school people? They raised their kids with three weapons. La correa, the belt. La chancleta, the slipper. 
El cocotazo. I don't know how to translate that. We don't say it in English because they will call the Department of Family. You know what cocotazo is when, when, when they hit you and every part of your body feels it. We were raised with three weapons of choices. One of them, they asked you to go get. The other one, they just took it off. They took them slippers off and... Shinobi. Ninja. Karate. And on top of that, they call you monkey. Mira que te mono. Cut it out. And then the other one, when they couldn't take off their, their chancletas, because they didn't have chancletas on, either they were barefooted or they had some tacos on, and they knew that was a case right there, so they didn't want to get persecuted. Amen? So they say, okay, let me just be leaning. El cocotazo. But all of these things built us up to be what? People who understood what structure was about. Now, I don't applaud that. I don't think that anyone should be hit. But I do believe in order. I do believe in structure. So we're, we have raised up a generation that has no character, let alone any identity. That's why our generation today is tattooing their faces. They're doing all kinds of crazy things. And, and we asking ourselves, where did that come from? That came from the lack of character. Where many fail to model what they said that they were going to say because some parents told their children what to say but in return showed them something else. And that's where our youth today has the conflict because mommy and daddy say one thing and they do the other. So in their minds, they're fighting back and forth. They're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. Mommy says one thing, daddy says another thing. And in the midst of that, a tug of war begins. To wrestle within them and, and it takes them down a spiral of no good where they find themselves compromising life in itself and becoming whatever they believe they should be. Amen. When we know who we are and we receive our identity, we receive sanctification, meaning set apart. To subdue is to conquer. To have dominion is to, con to have controlling power and influence over others. So all of these things were delegated and given to Adam and Eve when they were created in, in the Garden of Eden and they were placed there. God set them apart. God gave them dominion. God gave them an identity. God sanctified them. God placed a conquering spirit in them. But today we have lost sight of our identity. That's why we have a bunch of cowards in the church. And not a bunch of conquerors in the church. People that want you to do their work. And this is a learned behavior. And it's ripping us apart. Why? Because people do whatever they seem to be right in their own eyes. And it's against the will of God. It reminds me of the days of Noah. The Bible says they, they seemed to do what was right in their eyes. So whatever they felt to do, they did. Amen? And today we see a generation that's falling away from God. And we're asking ourselves, where's that coming from? There's nothing new under the sun. What comes around goes around. The world goes around. 
Now you look at the youth today and you say, man, they were crazy. We were crazy when we were coming up. In the late 80s, there was the influence of Prince and Michael Jackson. You saw men walking around with heels, chains and brawls. And you look at some of those pictures and you say, what were they, what were they thinking? Look at it now. You see how things go in a circle when they're not addressed? When they're not confronted? It goes in the same vicious cycle. My father was a drug dealer. I'm a drug dealer. My mom was a prostitute. I'm a prostitute. And it keeps going. And no one stands up and says, there's, there's, there's something wrong with that. You're coming here to church today because God wants to give you your character. God wants to confront you. You are not made to be crying and being hand over and step upon. No, you were created for his likeness and his image. Meaning that if my God is a creator, then I'm a procreator as well. Are you hearing me, church? I duplicate everything that God has given me. That's the identity of God in us. The only thing that we were not born with was with character. And the reason why I say that is because character is developed. We are all born with an identity. For example, today we have ultrasound pictures. Amen? And they reveal the what? The gender of the child. In the Stone Age, they didn't have that. The father will put a request upon God. The mother will put a request upon God. Will bless the child before the child was even born. Gave a name with destiny. But now we name our kids Mercedes, Lexus, Cadillac. What the heck? iPhone 11, iPhone 12. What in the, what kind of mess? Little pookie, little smoky, little, what? Little Gucci, little hooch. What in the, what kind of mess is that? And we set them up to fail. Because God said to Adam, everything you see, call it and it will be. We receive our DNA from there. So we have the authority. How is it that we can name dogs and the dogs will listen? Or the pets will listen to the names that we give them. But our children will not listen to us. Why? Because our children don't know our voice. Why? Because we don't have one. We don't have no character. We say yes and then tomorrow because, oh, you know, la nena, she was crying and then it was crying. So I went and bought them the toy. You compromise. So they're going to live a life. With a double personality. Trickering their ways around just to get what they want. I remember when my goddaughter called me crying on the phone. Babe. She calls me babe. I, want, I don't know what she wanted. I had to respond for her. And I said, she wanted a frozen house. I said, listen, not everything you want in life. <laughs> Let's be real, man. 
three years old. I want to set her up for success. I said, no. My wife said, oh, let, let, let me see Bella. I said, no. She said, okay, babe said no. And it's no. She got over it. And look at her today. Playing with other toys. She learned what I learned when I was a kid. Our parents couldn't afford us toys, so we used to go and grab our neighbor's toys, and we used to share. And then when we broke the toys, we used to run. But back then, they made real toys. They were actually weapons. You could grab a cabbage cat kid and beat up somebody with it. Today, you buy a doll. The moment you comb the hair, the head comes off. What kind of... God bless our president for bringing the factories back home. <laughs> Woo! Come on, give God a round of applause. I, I can't with y'all. Character is revealed. Character reveals who you are. Character is what you are inside, what you're made out of. You're made out of spirit, soul, and body. The real fight that we have as human beings is that our soul is full of emotion, thoughts, and mind. And when we don't have our soul in check, we find ourselves compromising everything that we're supposed to be. Our emotions run wild when they're not checked. Our thoughts run wild when they're not in check. And our mind becomes the dome or the house where everything goes into production. And before we know it, we're producing what we're not supposed to be producing. And that's why we find ourselves in an identity crisis. The real war right now is over your soul. It's not over your spirit. And it's not over your mind. Why? Because your spirit will always be connected with God. Your spirit belongs to God. That's why when you hear that little voice, you shouldn't be doing that. That's the Holy Spirit reminding your spirit to take control and dominion over the body and over the soul. And to submit to the will of God. But many of us have failed to recognize that. Our spirit will always con uh, connect with God because God is spirit. And those who worship God must worship Him in what? And in spirit and in truth. What is truth? The revelation of this word. What is spirit? Your spirit. I know you've seen some people funny. they worshipers and then they be wilding. They're not worshipers in the spirit. They're worshipers in the body. Because a real worshiper, first of all, doesn't need... To be reminded to worship. It comes automatically. Because their spirit is connected with God. So they find everything that God has given them as a blessing. So they worship at the supermarket. They worship in the bedroom. They worship in the basement. They worship in jail. They worship in a hospital bed. They worship because they finally understood that their spirit is always connected to God's.
So many churches have auditions. Church best singer. Oh, I need the best worshipers. No, you need true worshipers, not the best vocalists. The best vocalist will give you chills in your spine. And you will still be the same. A true worshiper will break you down where you have to repent and turn from your wicked ways. Because the spirit that they are covering, the spirit that they're bringing is the spirit of God. And wherever the spirit of God is, there is freedom. There is no, absolutely no room for demons, no room for bad influence. There's the spirit of God. Either you go or I go or we both going to worship. How can a house stand if it's divided? The church of God divided because we're looking for worshipers and vocalists. And in reality, we need true worshipers. People that connect to the Spirit of God. People that when you feel them walk through, you know that it's a man and a woman of authority that you can't fool around with. Why are people fooling around with you? Because you have no identity and you have no character. The body... Your body represents the time clock of life. Oh yeah. You could cover yourself all you want, but you can't cover the clock. I hear women all the time. I ask them their age and they have the nerves to lie to the pastor. I stopped counting. No, you didn't. You is a liar. I could see beyond that hair color. I could see beyond them eyelashes. You see, man, yo, yo, you know, pastor, you, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there. You getting up there, and you with somebody that's 15 years younger than you? No, you ain't getting up there, brother. You got dementia? You crazy? What's wrong with you? That could be your daughter. No identity, no character. Well, AJ, nothing about a number. Yes, it is, because you're going to die soon. And she's going to reap all your benefits. She nothing about a gold digger. I know y'all laughing, but it's true. I see people, I I, I saw a man the other day told me, Pastor, I'm going to find me a sugar mom. I said, where in the world do you find a sugar mom? He said, I don't know, but I'm going to start in a nursing home. Just like that, straight up. I said, wow, because at least something's coming every month. I could benefit from something. Just like that, straight up, I ain't lying, I'm giving it to you straight as it is. I know you're putting your head down and you ain't believing me, I'm telling you the truth. People, it's crazy because when you don't have an identity and you don't have character, you start thinking and imagining all kinds of things and before you even know it, you find yourself even going out there and saying, I'm going to give up in life, I'm just going to go and move into the wild and I'm going to connect with the lion and I'm going to connect with the leper and I'm going to connect until they look at you and you look at them and they say, you food, you look good. And I ain't going nowhere that I cannot control. Character is determined by you. And this is something that you're not born with. This is something that you have to develop. And I'm going to explain it to you so that you can understand. God is trying to get Joseph to understand, hey, your gifts and your talents, if not corrected, can mislead you and destroy you. I need you to work on your character. And for two years, according to uh, Genesis chapter 41, verse 1, it said two full years went by. 
And then Pharaoh had a dream. Those two full years, God was working with who? With Joseph. God was preparing him. God was teaching Joseph true character. And character is determined by what you learn and what you change. Many people go through the same lesson in life because they choose not to adapt it. So you're still falling to the same tricks. You're still falling for the same pyramid spiritual schemes. And you're saying to yourself, why does this happen to me? Why is always me? You know, the devil got it in for me. No, you got it in for yourself. How are you going to be rebuking the devil when you're sleeping with him? He confused. The devil, he don't even want to do nothing with y'all. He gets up every morning. He's like, I'm sick of you. You can't even make up your mind. You kiss me on Friday with red lipstick and you're kicking me out Sunday morning. Friday night, you're shaking your tail feather with me. I got the four. <laughs> and, then, and then Sunday morning, you grab your halo. I don't even want to come to this house no more, he says. The devil's even confused. You're playing too many games. When you play games, you play yourself. Character is determined by what you learn and what you change. As simple as that. For example, I, I used to have, I used to let things get to me. All the time. Any smart remark, any look, any comment, any gesture. I, I, I used to let that work my emotions to the point that my body was slave to people. But after you learn that it's not about them and it's about you, you begin to care less about what other people think of you. Now, there's constructive criticism and there's also destructive criticism. Destructive criticism is when people have this idea or image of you or this picture of you that you know that that's not you. And then when your father or your spiritual mother or whoever's your mentor points out the things that are wrong in you, those are the things that you have to accept and work on. But many of us don't know which one is which because we're so confused. So God begins to work with Joseph and God begins to work through him so that he could carry out the plan and the vision. So me as an individual, I used to get upset all the time. I used to wonder why I used to go to stores. And spend a hundred dollars and come out with one item until I discover Dollar Tree. I go in with twenty dollars and I come out with twenty items. That feels good. That don't feel good. So I used to frustrate myself all the time. I used to say, why this, why that? About anything and Everything, especially in church, while I was a member, I used to complain about the pastor. I used to complain about the worship team. I used to complain about everything until one day God said, if you don't like what you're seeing, change what you're giving. And I learned I ain't giving nothing to the worship team. I ain't giving nothing to the pastor. So guess what? I needed to check myself before I wrecked myself. And God began to work with me. God says, the only reason why you see things the way you see them is because you don't allow me to be me in you. You want me in you, but you want to control everything. 
And then I woke up. And I realized that God was for me, not against me. Many of us come to church and we believe that God has it in for us. Oh man, this is not working. The heater's not working. I put some money in the bank account. It's missing now. Uh, they, they laid me off in my job. You know, God has it in for me. God has it in for me. God has it. No, he doesn't. God is in for you. But he wants you to realize that the project here is you, not him. He's not going to change. You're going to change. Now, you might not like the way you're going to change, but sooner or later, you're going to have to face this reality. If you cannot change with the changes, changes will force you to change. When I started working, we used to use a time clock and we used to punch in a car. Now we swipe. Pretty soon, we're going to have to email that we checking in. Or text that we're checking in. We don't know. But you are always subject to change. There are two things that you cannot control in life. And that's time and change. I know there's some people stuck in time. That you'd be like, girl, boy, we don't wear that anymore. We don't use that anymore. You know, it's like when you're having a conversation with a millennium. Like the, the youth from the church will not text me a full word. They will abbreviate or send an emoji. And I will text them back and say, what's that? And then they have the nurse to say, oh, you're so old, pastor. You need to get with it. No, you need to get to where I'm at in order for me to get to where you're at. Because I don't know why DS, I know the word why. I remember when I got my first iPhone. I text one of the youth. They text me back and like, oh, Pastor, you got, a, you got an iPhone? I didn't know how they knew that I had an iPhone. I guess the emojis. I, I, I don't know how, but they knew. And I said, oh, this is scary. They might know where I'm at. Oh, Chris, lock this. Chris said, lock what? I don't know. Just lock it. Lock the phone. Chris locked the phone, and I couldn't open the phone because Chris forgot the call. I forgot the call. Now we have to call Apple. Now we got to send to Apple all of this paper. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, all of it began because I fear that I thought. I'm just going to leave that there. Maybe that's, that needs to marinate. We need to understand that God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. That's where we receive our true identity, not our character. Our character is developed as we ourselves as individuals allow God to manage his way in our lives where he's able to separate in us the things that need to be separated. Like there's a lot of things inside of us that God needs to sort out. We don't want him to sort those things out. Why? Because we like those things. We like those things. We don't like the results of those things, but we like them things. If you want to get right with God, you got to let God sort you out. You know, it's like when I was growing up and my mom said, Voy a limpiar el cuarto. She meant that she was going to clean the room. And my mom had a habit of throwing out everything, even new stuff. And I used to hate it. 
And then one day I got in her face and I said, you know, you threw this out and you threw that out and you threw this out and you threw this out and you threw that out. And I was looking for this and I was looking for that. And she was like, well, do me a favor. If you live in my house, clean your room. I learned. If many of us as parents do that with our children today, we will teach them valuable lessons. We will teach them how to care for themselves rather than us enabling them and keeping them crippled. Most of our children today don't even know how to fill out a job application, but they sure know how to download a new app. You find out who they are, you go into the sexy mama, what? Papa smoke, what? Seven, eight, what, what? that's your son that's their identity and their character on social media you don't know that because you are an enabler you see God created me as spiritual police I don't have doors in my house there ain't no secrets there we knock them doors out them henches we take the screws we take the whole thing down what you see is what you get I'm trying to get somewhere with this We need to build our character. Our character is defined through time, lessons, and situations. One of the things that the Bible reminds us that is very important that we understand as believers is that when we say yes, it's yes. And when we say no, it's no. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 37 says all uh, from the NIV. Matthew chapter 5 verse 37 says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. That's Matthew. That's Jesus speaking. Trying to give us an identity. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. I know some people aren't going to like that. They're going to get mad. They're going to get upset. They might not talk to you. They might not call you. They might not email you. They might not text you. They might not Facebook book you but after a while they will learn how to respect you and that's key you don't want people to like you you want people to respect you i know we're in a generation like this like that like this and the moment you don't like something or you come against it they no longer want to be your friend if you want to save yourself some headache if you want to become a person of character let your words match your actions i said no Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me today? God wants to develop that in you, that character. That person who you are, because when your character overrides your gifts and your talents, you won't compromise. You won't be easily persuaded or give in to things. Amen? So God is molding Joseph for two years. How long God's been molding you? That's the question. Five years in church and you haven't learned anything. Ten years in church and you're still doing the same thing. God cannot trust you what what you cannot trust yourself with. And you prove that through your actions. And God is saying, I want to bless you. I I, I promise that word over your life. You are going to be that woman. You are going to be that man. You are going to be that family. But I need you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I need you to go into the lab. And I need you to help me help you get molded. And how do you help me? Let God be God. Can we say that again? Let God be God. Hashtag that. Millenniums.
God is so good. Give him a round of applause. In Genesis chapter 40 verse 23, it says that the cupbearer or the butler forgot him. You know why he forgot him? Because God told the cupbearer in his spirit, click. You're not going to remember that. Why? Because he ain't ready to come out of this jail. He's not ready to come out of this lab. He's not ready to come out of the potter house. He's not ready yet. I still have to what? That's why some people are forgetting you right now. I know you say, you say it's not fair. They overlooked me. They haven't blessed me. They haven't called me. You know why? Because God is working with you. And sometimes you need to be left alone. You need to be alone for your own sake. And it's good to be alone because when you're alone, you experience something that you will not experience with others. And that's a self-encounter. How many times you found yourself in your house by yourself? Everybody's working. You're just there and you're just buying time, looking at the ceiling. And God is saying, hello, I'm here. Hello, I'm here. Hello, I'm here. And you ignore that. And you continue to ignore that. You are a result of you. You are a problem. you. Amen. So God is working Joseph for two years, two full years. He's working him. He's built him. And then all of a sudden when the time is right, according to Genesis 41 verse 9 through 12, then the butler got out of the hangover and said, I remember this young Hebrew, good looking Young man, who when I was in trouble and I was in distress, I had a dream and he revealed it to me. And here comes Pharaoh in Genesis chapter 41 verse 14. It says, bring them to me. And the first thing that Joseph says is, let me take a shower, let me take a bath, and let me shave, and let me get ready. Because he understood something, that in order to get to the place of promise, you have to be ready, not only mentally, not only physically, but also spiritually. And many of us have yet to learn that. That's why you're not being promoted. That's why they're not calling you for that job. That's why that business is not going well. Because you're overriding your gifts and your talents. That's all you rely on, on your intellect. That will not get you nowhere. It is the Spirit of God that does the unthinkable, that does the imaginable, that does the impossible into possible in you if you allow God to be God in you. Stop comparing yourself to others and stop wishing. Many of you are wishing, oh, I wish I had a husband like that. I wish I had a wife like that. No, you don't. You don't know crazy. They look good in the outside. Go home and see that closet. That car ain't register under their name. I had a friend like that. He had a nice car, BMW. Nice, good friend of mine. One day they told his car, he called me. He called the wrong person. He called the wrong person. Because you know me, I'm going to ask about like 20 questions before you get in my car. And like we're in COVID now, I bring those, those little swabs with me. Swab you real quick. I said, in two, late, in two days, I'll let you know if I could give you a ride. <laughs> Y'all know nothing about that. That's going over your head. <laughs> Ain't want no coronas in here. Amen. 
And, and, and he, and, and then one day they told his car, so he called me, I went to pick him up. It was a mess. The car was registered under the mom. The car was financed by his dad. The, the I, I mean, it was a mess. He had to get all these people. All these people were in my car. And then they were having an argument. While I was driving them. And I'm saying to myself, how in the world did I get myself in this place? And God said, I'm teaching you something. Because one day, you need to learn how to say no. But I want to please everyone. So I put Pookie, Tookie, and Mookie in the car. The car was holy. But they wasn't. And then I had a headache. And then I was upset. And then I was hangry. Hangry is when you're... Angry and hungry. You know when your wife tells you, oh, I'm waiting for you at home. I cook some chuletas. And people holding you up because they can't get their stuff together. And then your wife is getting mad at you, texting you and calling you, saying, you know what? I don't, I don't, I cook for nothing because you, you don't even know. I'm with Pookie, Tookie, Mookie. And if you say it out loud, Pookie and and Mookie and Tookie are going to self-invite themselves over your house. You ever met people like that? That the moment they hear somebody's cooking, they invite themselves. I, I, I mean, I'm going to be in the wrong place. Two years, God is working with him. And there are seven trades that Joseph developed. And I want you to write these down and then we're going to close. Seven godly characteristic traits in order to identify to character. The first trade that he learns during those two years while he's in that prison, he knew who he was. Or he knew who he is. Or who you are. If you're going through a process in life, nine out of ten times is that you have no idea who you are and God is trying to get you to understand who you are by you allowing him to be him in you and you submit yourself to him. So the first characteristic trait that he learned, it's who he is. Who you are will define where you're going in life. If you don't know who you are, let me tell you something. You could cover it up. You could fake it until you make it. But sooner or later, the real you will surface. You're an accident waiting to happen. So if you really want to pray about something, pray to God to show you who you are and who you really are so we could get it going. There's people today, I don't know what I am, pastor. I don't know if I'm a worshiper. I don't know if I'm a housewife. I don't know if I'm a husband. I don't know if I'm a father. I don't know this. I don't know this. And the first thing I say, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let's pray. Because you ain't going to get me caught up in your confusion. Who you are. Let's go to the Father, because the Father, the Spirit shows all things and, and the hidden things. Those hidden things got to come out, because if you're a liar now, you're going to be a big liar in the future, because if you compromise one lie, you'll compromise them all. Know who you are. Number two, your words have to match your actions. God had to teach him, hey, your words have to match, match your actions. They got to match. You can't say one thing and do another. In order for you to go to Pharaoh, you have to be one person, not two people, not three people, not four people, not what people want you to be. But I want you to be what I called you to be. Big difference. Your words have to match your actions. 
Number three, he learned self-discipline. How do you learn self-discipline? Very simple. Honor your words. Honor your own words. What comes out of your mouth? You hear people all the time. I'm going to go to the gym. I told Pastor Millie that the other day. I said, I'm going to start working out. Please. She got me so heated. She got me so livid. I said, oh, really? Oh, really? And I learned. I said, honor your word. Stop saying you're going to do something and do it. And God used my own wife to confront me. And something that I've been saying for a while. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start taking care of myself. She's like, you're always saying that. You're always saying. And, and, and she was, she, you, you know when people could push that button? That makes you forget who you are. And makes you think about doing some things. But then you think about the picture after. And you say to yourself, nah man, 10 years in jail ain't worth it. I'm just joking. I love my wife. She loves me too. But she got me mad. Amen. Self-discipline is to honor your own words. The ability to control oneself. Don't be a yo-yo. One day in, one day out, wherever the wind is blowing, there you are. No, no, God wants you to be stable, to be steady, to be that person committed to its own word. There's nothing more valuable that people love. It's when someone is true to themselves. If you listen to, if you watch documentaries and you listen about the ones of celebrities, right? celebrities uh, have a wish list of things that they desire from uh, the promoters if they're going to go to an event. Like, for example, uh, Myra Carey, before she sings, she has to have a bowl full of Skittles. Amen? And a cup. They already know her. So she doesn't ask for the things that she likes. You're 40, 30, 50, 60. And people don't even know who you are because you don't know who you are. And the reason for that is because you as an individual have done it to yourself. If you know that I don't like something, I'm going to make you know that I don't like that. And I'm going to let the person know and those around me that I don't like that. You cannot say that the enemy is getting the best of you when in reality you're getting the best of yourself. You have a voice. Speak up. Amen. Speak up. Now, use your words carefully and season them with salt. That's what the Bible says. You don't have to be rude. It's like my wife says, you don't have to be rude. And it's true. I don't have to be rude. And I tell her, you don't have to get on my nerves. And, and then my daughter, stop, stop. No, I'm just joking. Amen. Number four, be an example. And we get that from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. It says very clearly, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. This is what built your character. Yesterday, me and my wife, we were on a date night. There's a story behind this. A couple of weeks ago, I took her on a date night. We had not been out on a date night, you know, just the two of us. And when I took her out, she was so shocked that while she was getting dressed, she said, there's not going to be any surprises, right? We're not going to nobody's house, right? You, you actually taking me on a date night? I said, yes, I'm taking you on a date night. And matter of fact, just to make you feel comfortable, I'm not even going to dress up. I'm going to just dress casual. 
Amen. And we went out on a date night. After we went out on a date night, we're on our way home. She was like, let's see when it's going to be the next time. And I said to her, do you really have to say that? Yes, I do, because I want to remind you. And I know she gets that attitude from Apostle Lourdes. That's where she gets that from. There was no need for that. So, so yesterday I said to her, we're going on a date night. Oh, we are? Yes, we are. Where would you like to go out to eat? Okay, I took her out. Check this out. We get home. After our date night, we went out shopping. We, we, we ate together. We had a nice little dinner. We're over there at Chile, Chile, Chili's, Chili's, amen? We're over there. We're having a good time. And while we were there, we were talking and we were sharing a good time of intimacy. I'm going somewhere with this. On our way back home, we received a phone call. I received a, an unexpected phone call from a friend, a co-worker. He said, hey, Pastor Jose. I know it's kind of late, and I looked at the clock, and I'm saying to myself, yeah, it's kind of late. I didn't say that. It was around 8, 8.30. Usually, if you call me at that time, you got to be dead, because I like my sleep. I'm just being honest. After 7 o'clock, I shut off my phone during the week. So if you die, I won't know until everybody else knows. So he calls me and says, hey, Pastor Jose, I know it's kind of late. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Everything okay? He goes, nah, man, I just... I, I just wanted to call you, let you know that, you know, I took another job offer. I'm not going to be working with you no more, you know, and, and, you know, thank you, man. You know, you, you've been such a good guy and I just want to give you that respect and call you and, and, and while he was talking, it was breaking me inside because I finally understood that sometimes you do things to show the love of Christ to others and you have you have no idea how it's changing them. Even though you don't see the change. That's why you got to be a good steward. You got to be a good example. You, you can't go based on what you see. Because you don't know how God is working in someone. And I know you want to give up on that person because you don't see a, a, any results. But let me tell you something. If you hang in there long enough with them. Sooner or later, God will reward you publicly and he will demonstrate. He said, you know, I'm going to miss you. And, and, and I said, let me let me pray for you. And me and my wife began to pray for him. And as soon as we were done praying, his phone just went off. You could tell his voice cracked. I called him back and he said, the devil is a liar. He, I, said, I, my mind, I said, that wasn't the devil. That was you. I know you don't want to hear us crying. I didn't say that. But I say this to say this. Never underestimate what God is doing with you. Even if you don't see the results you want to see, God is working in a mysterious way. Don't give up on people. Don't give up on giving that word. Showing that, 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 that you are a woman and a man of God. Showing evidence. Being an example. Being there for the believers. Letting the word, the conduct, the love, the spirit, and the faith, and the purity be there. Number five. Learn from life. Life has wisdom. That's number five. Learn from life. Life has wisdom. There is lessons of life that serve a purpose. 
at work unknown as Proverbs Job. There comes Proverbs Job. He, he has something to say about life and life in itself. But it's funny that the ones that make fun of me are the ones that call me for advice. Number six. Character is the reaction, it's the way you react to, circum, uh, to uh, circumstance. Character is reflected on the way that you handle situations and circumstances. Amen? I remember many years ago, Pastor Rosa and I and a few ministers were invited to go meet the governor at the time it was... Uh, Deval Patrick, and we were in, in a table, there was ministers there at the time, I was a youth uh, a, a leader, and I was also a chaplain, and I remember that uh, the conversation got a little heated, because politics look at it from a certain view, and, 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 and people of, of the kingdom look at it from a different perspective view, we have a kingdom, and we have worldly kingdom, and, and, a, and, a, and a conversation got so heated that the governor was going to reply in a way that he shouldn't have or could have replied, better said. And Pastor Rosa looked at him and said, hey, be careful. How are you going to answer that question? You're in the presence of ministers. The governor, the Vol Patrick of the time, the, the governor of Massachusetts, took a deep breath, gathered his thoughts, bypassed what he was going to say, and said something else. When you know who you are and you have character, people in authority will respect you because they know that you are authority. But when you don't know that you're not authority and you think that you're not authority, the devil does whatever he wants with you. And here is the most powerful man in the state of Massachusetts being corrected by a pastor of the city of Springfield. That's authority. How do you get authority? When you develop your character. Before Pastor Rosa said anything, she knew that all she is, is clean and clear. Are, are you hearing me? Clean and clear. Number seven, the final one. Model to others. Is your character that influence and builds and brings power and strength to others? When you model it, in other words, let your words match, let you be that person that you say you are. In season, out of season, in home, at the supermarket, in church, wherever you find yourself, be that person of integrity. And that's very hard to develop because it crushes your ego. But let me tell you something, words of wisdom, your ego is not your amigo. Write that down. Many of you, your ego, your pride, I'm the man of the house. And my wife says, I'm the woman of the house. I'm mama bear. We know each other's roles. But many of you don't know your roles. And that's why you're having issues at home. That's why 50%, 52% of divorces come from the church. Why? Because people don't know their roads. They don't know who they are. Your ego is not your amigo. Be humble. Be humble. I have learned lessons from my daughter. I have learned lessons from my neighbors. I have learned lessons from people that I don't even know. I have learned lessons from my dog. 
Yes, my dog. The moment I loose my dog in the morning, he takes off. And he runs around the property. And he makes sure that he lifts up his leg and marks every single tree, every single place in the backyard. And one day I looked at Russell and I said, what is wrong with you? Can you just be civil and just right there? Just be, you know, for a minute there, I forgot that he was a, that he was a pet. And I said, can you just be human? And, and he's looking at me with these eyes like, you stupid? Like, I'm a dog, you're a human. And then one day I, I came inside the house and I told my wife, I'm tired of, t- of losing this dog. He pees everywhere. He even peed on the grill. Well, not on the grill, you know, on the legs of the grill. Let, let, let me clean that up before I invite you over for a barbecue. <laughs> Pastor, I ain't eating no burgers I already ate before. <laughs> he took a leap underneath the girl. And I went in one day. And I told my wife, this dog, this dog, and this dog. And she said, let me tell you something. He's marking his territory. There's other animals that come during the night that you're not aware of. And he's making them know and understand that this is his place. Now, if a dog can teach me a lesson about life and about territory... And you are still trying to find out who you are. And you 40, you 50, you 60, you 70. You know, I calculated life. In 45 years from now, I'll be 85. That's hard to believe. That would be in a blink of an eye. My daughter just turned 18 a few months ago. I almost had a heart attack. And then she went for her senior pictures. And they did all her makeup. And she was dressed like a young lady. And I said, no, 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 no. Whoa, I told my wife, you better get that clothes off of her. You better get that makeup off of her because the old me is about to come out. Rambo's about to go loco. But check this out. I go to work and I begin to look at her pictures and I decided to show it to, to the people at my job. And I said, hey, check this out. You know who that is? And they're like, who's that, your girlfriend? I said, how? Oh my God, I feel young. No, that's not my girlfriend. That's my daughter. But thank you for the compliment. When you don't know who you are, you will age. You will get old, grumpy. You will shrivel up just like the California raisins. One hit wonder. You're singing today. Tomorrow you are, you're forgotten. But character will always keep you. And character will always rejuvenate you. Character will place you in the places that others have taken you out of. And God will continue to pour in you who you are. Let us be on our feet. Thank you for those who are watching. We love you. Tune in next week. Remember, we're here at 1060 Worcester Street. 
Indian Orchard in the beautiful city of Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information about our ministry, log on to our website at www.resurrectionspringfield.org or our social, platform, social media platforms at TRC413. Now that we're off air, now we're going to get real. I'm going to ask the apostle to join me up here. Many of you, look at me. Today is November 1st. We're literally 62 days away from a new year. You're going to continue the same way? God called you, predestined you, died and resurrected so that you can have a voice and a place in this earth. It's time to stop playing games. You can leave this church mad, upset, angry, Pastor Jose, the resurrection, and you will go to another church, and the other pastor or the other minister is going to tell you what I meant to tell you, what God told me. You might not go to church. You might go home. You might get angry. But the TV show will tell you. Something will always bring you back to the original you. Stop playing games. The clock is ticking. I looked at my uh, my watch this morning. I said, it's a beautiful watch I have to wear. I haven't worn it in a while, but it's not working. There's a battery. But no matter how much I want to go back to 745 this morning, it's not 745. It's 145. You can never go to your past. God bless you. Hallelujah. Levanta tus manos. Lift up your hands. Just for a moment. Creo que Dios hoy nos está hablando. I believe that God is speaking to us today. Una de las cosas mientras Pastor José hablaba. One of the things as Pastor Jose was speaking. Y tocaba la historia de José. And he was talking about the story of Joseph. Muy conocida por mí. Very known by me. Descubrí varias cosas y las escribí. I discovered several things and I wrote it down. Número uno. Number one. Que José. That Joseph. Reveló cuatro sueños. Revealed four dreams. El del faraón. The one of Pharaoh. Del of the cupbearer. Y el del panadero. And of the baker. Pero el der. But his. Nadie lo pudo revelar. No one was able to reveal it. Él pudo decirle al panadero el sueño. He could tell the baker his dream. Y le al copero el sueño. He could tell the cupbearer cup his dream. Y también al faraón. And also Pharaoh's dream. Y descubrí esto, lo escribí hoy. And I discovered this and I wrote it down today. Si tú quieres aprender a conocer a Dios en el secreto, if you want to get to know God in the secret, nunca abandones tu proceso. Never abandon your process. José reveló cuatro tres sueños. Joseph revealed three dreams. Pero el de no pudo ser revelado por nadie. But his no one could reveal it. El de José se movió a otra dimensión. Joseph moved to another dimension. Porque no abandonó su proceso. Because he didn't abandon his process. Su sueño nadie lo reveló. His dream no one revealed it. Pero su sueño se hizo una realidad. But his dream became a reality. Es por eso que el capítulo 
41. This is why chapter 41. El versículo 14. Verse 14. Dice que lo enviaron a buscar. It says that they sent to go get for, They sent to get him. Cuando él le habló el sueño a su hermano, recogieron, tuvieron miedo. When he spoke his dream to his brothers, they became fearful. Y el mismo se no entendió el sueño. And even Joseph himself didn't understand the dream. Él fue su papá también lo reprendió. He went to his father and his father also rebuked him. Pero el sueño de José But the dream of Joseph formado it was formed en el carácter del proceso. In the character of the process. Es por eso que tú no puedes abandonar tu sueño. This is why you can't abandon your dream. Aunque lo que tú veas contrario. Even if what you are seeing is contrast. Si Dios habló. If God spoke. I'm going to need help in here. Si Dios habló. If God spoke. Dile que está todo. Si Dios habló. Tell the person next to you if God spoke. Aunque tu proceso sea difícil. Even if your process is difficult. Aunque lo que tú veas no, no sea lo que Dios te habló. Even if what you are currently seeing is not what God said. Mantente en el proceso. Stay in the process. Porque el proceso va a formar tu carácter. Because the process is going to form your character. Un sueño de Dios a dream of God, sin una formación de carácter without a formation of character, nunca podrá ser sostenido. Will never be able to stand or be sustained. Digo para salirme de aquí. I say this so that I can leave. La gente que no tiene formación y carácter the people that don't have formation or character negocian su sueño por cualquier cosa. They negotiate their dreams for anything. Tu destino y tu sueño. Your destiny and your dream. Cuando no tienen formación de carácter. When it doesn't have a formation of character. Son negociables por cualquier cosa. They're negotiable by anything. Levanta tus manos. Lift up your hands. Yo, yo no tengo que hablar porque ya el pastor predicó claro y preciso. Because the pastor already spoke clearly. Pero le But lift up your hands. Señor, en esta hermosa tarde. God, on this beautiful afternoon. Aquí hay, hay gente en este lugar. There are people in this place. Que cargan palabras proféticas. They carry prophetic words. Cargan sueños. Carry dreams. Cargan destinos en ti. Carry destiny in you. Aquí hay gente formada desde el vientre de su madre. There's people that are people here that have been formed from the womb of their con, mother. Con un diseño. With a design. Especial. Specifically, para este tiempo for this time. lo que le falta es la formación y el carácter yo te pido Espíritu Santo en este día And I ask you, Holy Spirit, on this day, que tú a mover en este lugar that you start to move in this vamos place. levanta tus manos esto no es un obstáculo aquí this is not a, uh, expectation. levanta tus manos Lift up your hands. Tú dices, pero es que cada rato nos dicen que levantemos las manos. Quiero darte un secreto muy mío. I want to give you my secret. Quizás algo, quizás sea algo bien repetido. Maybe it could be something very repetitive. El estar levantando. Lifting up our hands. Pero yo tengo que esto. But I have to tell you this. Yo seguiré levantando mis manos. I will continue to lift up my hands. Hasta que mi sueño sea cumplido. Until my dream comes to completion. Yo seguiré levantando mis manos. I will continue to lift up my hands. Hasta que mis hijos estén alineados Until a Dios. Until my children are aligned. Yo seguiré levantando mis manos. I will continue to lift up my hands. Hasta que mi matrimonio esté estable. 
until my marriage is established. Yo seguiré levantando mis manos. I will continue to lift up hasta my que Dios haga lo que dijo hacer. Until God does what he said he was going to do. Ayudar hoy. Can someone help me today? Por eso no me canso de levantar las manos. Porque no estoy levantando las manos a los hombres. Because I'm not lifting up hands of man. Estoy levantando las Dios las manos a mi creador. I'm lifting up my hands to my creator. A aquel que me da fuerza cuando no tengo ninguna. The one who gives me strength when I don't have any. El que me oye cuando nadie me escucha. Si el que me oye cuando nadie me escucha. The one who hears me when no one else is. Que alguien en el secreto. Donde está a solas. When I'm by myself. Está pendiente de cada palabra que yo le doy. He's attentive to every word that I'm giving to him. Y está dispuesto. And he's willing. A responderme. To respond to me. Por eso levanto las manos hoy. That's why I lift up my hands. Por eso rindo mi sueño That's cualquier cosa. Surrender my dream. Por eso seguiré luchando por lo que él ha dicho sobre mí. That's why I will continue to to strive for what he has said y me en la cárcel, and even if I find myself in the prison me en la quiebra, en la crisis, or find myself in the crisis todo se vea even if everything looks opposite yo no voy a dudar de él. I'm not going to doubt yo me voy a firme I'm going to stay firm hasta ver lo que él ha dicho sobre mis hijos. until I see what he has said over my children hasta ver lo que él ha dicho sobre mi vida. of what he has said over my, my no, life yo no sé si hay gente conmigo que no se rinden hoy. Que dicen, vamos a seguir creyendo. Porque estamos a punto. Para entrar a un mover de Dios en nuestras vidas como nunca antes. Pero para eso necesitamos gente que se atreva a creerle a Dios. Que se atreva a soñar. Levanta tus manos. Lift up your hands. Yo siento la presencia de Dios en este lugar. Vamos a adorar a Dios. Worship God. Levanta tus manos, adoración a Dios. Vamos. Lift up your hands and give God a worship. La adoración a Dios. The worship to God. Prepara el ambiente en tu vida. The atmosphere. Yo dije la adoración a Dios. The worship to God. Prepara el ambiente. Prepares the atmosphere. So, una vez más, levanta tu mano y le maravilloso. So, one more time, lift up your hand. Dile tú eres maravilloso. And say you are marvelous. Dile tú eres maravilloso. You are marvelous. No hay nadie como tú, Señor. There's nobody like you. Vamos a decir, no hay nadie como tú. There's nobody like you. Confesaré tu nombre. I will confess your name. Por encima de todas. Above all the things. Cabare bosere pase. We worship you. Before uh, we close the service, we want to take this opportunity to individuals that got baptized. Friday, October 23rd. Amen.
And then from there, we're going to be uh, giving uh, their certificates. That's an acknowledgement. Amen. So we want to call right now at this moment. Uh, we're going to read the names. Amen. And as we called you up, uh, come up get, and we will be taking a picture. Amen. Um, certificate of baptism. This certifies that Eddie Reyes was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit on the 23rd of October in the year of 2020 at Resurrection Center by Pastor Jose and Melly Martinez. Thank you. Amen. You may pass up. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give them a round of applause. Amen. For the effort. Amen. Congratulations. Okay, certificate of baptism. Um, this certificate certifies that Carmen Reyes. Yes, you heard the last name. Right. They also got married this year. Amen. Was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit on our Yep. In the year in the year of the Lord 2020 at Resurrection Center by Pastor Jose and Pastor Melly Martinez. Amen. Yes, girl. Amen. Congratulations. To the newlywed. Amen. Give her a round of applause. A certificate of baptism. This certifies that Gabriel Rodriguez was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit on the 23rd of October, the year of resurrection of Pastor Jose and Pastor Melly. And he made the decision on his own. Mom That's had right. nothing to do with it. That's right. Amen. Okay, this was a two-for-one special, okay? Certificate of baptism. This certifies that Jessica Martinez, also, she was just married this year as well, was baptized in the name, well, her and baby. We're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. On the 23rd of October in the year of 2020, the Resurrection Center, Pastor Jose and Pastor Melly. Certificate of baptism that certifies that Josiah Montanez was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on the 23rd of October in the year of the Lord of 2020 Resurrection Center, Pastor Jose and Pastor Melly Martinez. Josiah. Amen. Another millennium. Amen. 
I tell you, next year I'm going to get a cardboard of me and Pastor Millie. And everybody get to stand right there. Certificate of baptism that certifies that Emily Wilson was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on the 23rd of October in the year of the Lord 2020 at Resurrection Center by Pastor Jose and Pastor Melly Martinez. Amen. Give a round of applause to all those who have been baptized. Amen. If you ever want to get baptized, please let us know. If you want to present your child, please let us know. Amen. Make sure that you run it by our secretary, Jolanda, and we will get that information and do that for you. At this moment, I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to interrupt. Yes, go ahead. I'm good at doing that, right? <laughs> So, a little birdie, he's cute. I wish you guys could see him. He follows me everywhere. He's my friend. A little birdie, so this little birdie told me that it's someone's sick, uh, 86th birthday today. We have an 86-year-old in the building, amen? Her name is Doña Carmen, but we all call her Mamushka. She is the Resurrection Center's grandmama, right? So if you guys would join me in just singing her happy birthday, please, please, please. Amen. I don't know if um, her, um, if, um, Ma, if you want to say anything or Apostle, she's your mama. I need a wipe. Oh, that was white. I just want to say, Madre, te amo. Mom, I love y tú you. Lo sabes, te bendigo con todo mi corazón. And you know it. I bless you with all of my heart. Como hija. Daughter. Y como tu pastora. And as your pastor. Pero los años que llevan Pastor José y Pastora Meli con nosotros. But the years that Pastor José and Pastor Meli been with us. Yo sé cuánto tú los amas a ellos por el amor que ellos te han dado a ti también. I know how much you love them because of the love they've given you. Y yo como hija te bendigo constantemente. And as a daughter, yo te bendigo constantemente. I bless you continuously. Y voy a ceder el honor. And I'm going to do the honor de Pastor José. Of Pastor José. Que es el que te bendiga en este día tan especial. To be the one that bless you on this special day. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes. Let us bow our heads if we could be on our feet, if we're physically able. Thank you, Lord. Dear Lord, it's an honor and a privilege. I am so humble to pray over a pillar, a woman that has marked generations and generations to come, Lord, that will speak of her great character, her legacy, and everything, Lord, her wisdom, knowledge, that she has given, that it will not go in vain, that she will one day see that all of that hard work and effort 
all of those moments in the silent while she was praying at home that no one saw, Lord, interceding in behalf for your will to be done, Lord. There you were. That will become, Father dear God, evidence that you, God, are truthful and you honor every calling that you have given every individual. Father, today it is an honor and a privilege to bless this pioneer of the gospel. May you keep her, Lord. May you extend her more years of life, Lord. And that she could enjoy this ride, Lord, the way that you have intended it. So I bless her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. Financially, mentally, spiritually, and overall in abundance. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Come on, y'all. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Que lo cumpla feliz. Que lo cumpla feliz. Que lo cumpla. That's too high for me. woman okay but it's a yet this is the woman that i have talked before that as christians and knowing the word of god and being taught the word of god when we come on wednesday classes and stuff we hear how jesus forgave and he forgives us right but so many years in the word serving the lord since i was 12 as i was being a young adult as i was growing up our hearts tend to also differ when situations approach us, when we have to face people, negative people, people that do us wrong. And our, our heart starts changing kind of a little bit. And we tend to hold grudges. And don't say no, because I know it is a yes. But to know my mother, my mamushka, that besides hearing, reading, the word of God and being preached, but seeing with my own eyes as when people rose against her, when enemies went against her, when she was beat up one time in New York, she will invite her enemies and serve her food and even give them dessert and then to top it off with a coffee at the end. And I'm like, but why you do that, mom? She said, because we have to forgive. And that's a lesson. That's a legacy that she lived on to me. That no matter how much people do us wrong, this heart has to change when it starts going the opposite, when it wants to be resilient and, and, and resistant. And sometimes we say we forgive and we forget. We put it in the hands of God. No, you have not forgotten. You have not pardoned the person. If it's something still in there, you still have to face it. So how how beautiful it is that when a legacy is passed on to you, that it so correlates with the word of God. Amen. She has not, she, whew, she has not, she has never been a person to hurt anybody. But all this 86 year old woman of God, all she has to give is plenty of love. And I cherish that. 
I love my mother, and I really want to thank everybody from Resurrection Center that throughout the years, you have been there for her. You have one way or another say to her, Mamushka, I love you. Thank you so much, and God bless each one of you. Every day, constantly. Because the Word of God says those really... It's for the family first to bless the widows. Then it says on the people from the church to bless the widows. So there is a blessing when you bless a widow. Amen. So each one, all I ask is keep her in prayer. Amen. That the Lord will grant her to be on this earth as he wants. Amen. And for to let us cherish her and enjoy her. Amen. And that she will be in good health. She lives by herself in Puerto Rico. She sustains herself there. So, but um, once more from my heart, from my husband's heart, thank you, each one of you, for showing your love for her because it means a lot to us. It means a lot to us. God bless you, church. Amen. And um, we're going to wrap up right now. I know we've gone a little over on um, time. But I was wondering if for really quick, for like two seconds, okay, maybe like a minute. Um, Chris, can you play that real quick? Because you guys see this beautiful woman, 86 years young. Because that's what it is, my wife. She's 15. She's 15. She always says, I have aches here, and I have pain here, and my knee hurts. If you call her, she'll go over the whole list. The whole list. Excuse me. No, it's fine. So... Long story short, as soon as she hears this, let's see. Turn it up. Mamusta, ya nada te duele. Nothing hurts her anymore. God bless you all. What a powerful and what a powerful. Um, I'll just ask for another microphone. Looks check, check. We're good. Um, what a powerful uh, um, service we had today. Uh, just a reminder: on Tuesdays we have the youth at 7 p.m. with uh, the ministry through Zoom. You can ask. Uh, youth leader Chris O'Brien and uh, Sui about that. And the kids' uh, Zoom meeting, for the kids, you can see youth leader, or a kids' leader, I should say, Erica. And that happens on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I believe it started last week, but follow up uh, with that. Um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask Pastor Jose and his beautiful wife to join me. Um, my beautiful wife is assisting me. 
I'll put on my glasses so I could read things. So I'll have uh, Pastor Jose and Pastor Melly here. Okay. What I'm about to do, we've never done this before at the Resurrection Center. Okay. Many of you know me as a minister here at the Resurrection Center. I head up the Braveheart Ministry. I'm going to take that hat off. Today you see me as ambassador professor to the nations from the Boston Institute. That's who I am. I come from the nations, and I greet you. And recently, I just spoke with Pastor Jose yesterday to have permission as ambassador professor to come to the altar to speak to the congregation. It's his congregation. And with Pastor Mellon. Um, I also spoke with his spiritual watchguard, Minister Wayne LaPointe, earlier this morning for permission to speak um, as well. Um, I am going to read a citation that comes from the nations. And this is the citation that I'm going to be reading. And I'll be handing this to Pastor Jose, and, then, and I'll also be presenting something else. So this is dated today, Sunday, November 1, 2020, uh, from Ambassador Professor David K. Ewan. And dear Pastor Jose Martinez, people ask, what is community engagement? It is making an impact that stirs the difference in your community's future. That is where you, Pastor Jose E. Martinez, come in. This award is given out quarterly. It's given out quarterly. After having been granted the award for global communications and leadership, I, I am authorized to administer certificates in community engagements in the United States of America. I am pleased to present before you this certificate in community engagement. A recent recipient was Harvard University among the internationally recognized people and recognitions. You, Pastor Jose, are in prestigious company with distinction that is honored and highly recognized. As senior pastor of New Resurrection Center of Springfield Incorporated, DBA Resurrection Center, you have led an international presence in 29 countries. A boy in Finland likes how the youth interact with a handshake. A teenager in the Ukraine likes the purple glow lights on the sides of the altar. A business owner in Saudi Arabia website. A woman in Taiwan is following the principles and teachings at the Resurrection Center. People in 29 countries listed listen to the Resurrection Center radio. A few examples of community engagement. And Pastor Jose, you have led that. You are the leader of that. That is making an impact, stirring a future in other people's lives. And all of this in 2011, when the seeds were planted to harvest the first fruits of the Resurrection Center on Sunday, February 12th, 2012. Over the years, you have led a leadership team to coordinate community engagement, resulting in an impact. Please, please, please accept this certificate. And I'm going to say again. Please accept this certificate in community engagement from the Boston Institute backed by the International Consortium of Tuck Enterprise 2061-A. Be blessed with sincere congratulations. David K. Ewan, Ambassador Professor to the Nation's Boston Institute, United States of America. And this is the citation of certification granted by Boston Institute. And I give that to you. And for now, 
That is the citation. I tell you, this never happened before at the Resurrection Center. This is the certificate. And I will read that. The trustees of the Boston Institute make known to all whom these letters may come that by the advice of the Institute they have conferred upon, ordained Pastor Jose E. Martinez the accolade and distinction of certified in community engagement within and among the city of Springfield, Massachusetts, United States of America. The international consortium, Toka Enterprise, backing the Boston Institute, recognizes Pastor Jose E. Martinez as an cooperative community leader in the city of Springfield from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, United States of America. With its honors and privileges and testimony whereof, Witness the seal of the Boston Institute and the signature of the ambassador this month of November 2020. David K. Ewan, ambassador professor, November 1, 2020. And pastor, I give this to you. Congratulations. So we'll have pictures. Oh, there she is. Let's have pictures. Uh, I will put this here, and my beautiful wife. Again, congratulations, a round of applause. For now, we'll say goodbye to the Ambassador Professor, and we'll bring back um, myself, David Ewan, heading up to Braveheart Ministry, and I will close this out on prayer. My beautiful wife will assist me as she will direct the people who will be coming to the tithes and offerings. Uh, I see a few new faces. What we do in this times of uh, COVID-19 pandemic is as I will be over here with the cards, card processing, um, she will call sections at a time so you can place in celebration your tithes and offerings in the basket here. This is for cash or checks. If you need um, an envelope, we'll get one for you, and I will be here for credit card processing. Um, that is what we will do. I will close us out on prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this celebration of today, and thank you for the word of today. Lord, we thank you for what you have filled in our hearts, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we can utilize and put into place that which we have uh, learned today, Lord. L Lord, we also bless the life and the legacy and the future of Mamushka on her day of birthday today, Lord. And Lord, as we come forth and we bring our tithes and offerings, we bring it to you, to the altar at your feet, in celebration, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
Hay libertad, hay libertad, hay libertad. 